Feels good to be back in the closet. Uh, what? Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Can Do Better podcast. Welcome back to the quarantine machine. You are listening to scene 35 of this experience, and Daniel... We are back in the closet. Yeah, it feels great to be back in the closet, Thomas. You know, this is uh, this is what I've been looking forward to since coming up to Tallahassee. And I'm just happy to be back. I'm happy to be back. There's no better feeling than being stuck in this hot closet recording another podcast, right? Listen, it feels great. We've done a lot since we've gone here. And I've gone to the point, Daniel, where I'm now thinking, now what? Yeah, yeah. We kind of got here and we, we, opened, <laughs> we opened up the door and we were like, all right, well, um, we're here, so um, let's unpack, I guess. I mean, let, let, first off, let's talk about the second half of the drive. You know, we talked about, uh, did we talk about the first half of the drive when we were in Sarasota? No, we didn't, because I was alone. Because we hadn't driven. Exactly. So, second half of the drive, it seemed pretty nice, right? It seemed like everything was going smooth. You even said, you were like, hey, you know what? I don't think this drive is going to be that bad. And then we uh, we see this, like this cloud in the sky and we were talking about it and then all of a sudden we just had a torrential downpour we drove into a category three hurricane and uh yeah it was it was really hard it was tough yeah and i jinxed the hell out of it i jinxed the hell out of it because i saw that cloud and i was like oh it can't be that bad and then it started pouring like we couldn't see five feet in front of us i'm like daniel i promise you this is as bad as it's gonna get it got worse for another five minutes yeah yeah it It got terrible yeah i got really bad you got really bad. Um, and what, what I don't understand, if people always want to say that Miami or Florida in general doesn't have bad drivers, when you're like driving in, in really heavy rain, especially on the highway, you shouldn't be going like 60 miles an hour. And so you pull over to the right, you go slow, you know, you make sure you're being safe. And then to the left, it's just people just hauling ass. I mean, they don't give, they don't give a fuck. It, like, it doesn't matter. So... That, that was very upsetting, too. But, you know, eventually, after 10 or 15 minutes, we got out of it, and we got to Tallahassee, and it really, we like, there were cars on the road. We were like, why is there so much traffic in Tallahassee, Florida, Leon County? Yeah, we pulled up to our apartment, and the parking lot was full. So, Quantum, it has a parking lot, and it has a garage. The garage wasn't full, but we could not find a spot in the parking lot. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it was. We went to Publix. We came back. And we were just like, like, how, why are people here? Yeah. Why are people here? There's no reason for people to be here. But then we kind of looked back and we were like, why are we even here? Yeah. You know, it makes no sense. Like, touche. Yeah. And then we, <laughs> we really, we got back up here and the, the apartment was just dirty. It was, ew, it was just dirty, right? Like the floors, like the, the cabinets, the, the, the deck, right? Listen, as you put it, it, it was a bug's life. It was a bug's life. We left and they took over and they didn't pay anything for that rent. By the way, Quantum on West Call. You're going to make us pay for this rent for another year? Really? Anyways, yeah, so there was a lot of bugs here. And, you know, we had to call the maintenance guy. You know, we had to get some fumigation done. Then we decided to clean the deck. It's like it's like when you start cleaning one thing, then you're like, no, now I need to clean everything. And then you just start looking for things to clean. And I think that's the point that we've arrived at, Daniel. And we've just been doing so many things. I know that you got a haircut. 
I still haven't gotten a haircut. I have an appointment for next Monday. That was the earliest appointment that I could get with my barber. But Florida might, you know, Florida might shut down before then. So I might have to wait another three or four months. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know if you guys know. Yeah, no, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Just Florida, you know, having another surge in coronavirus cases. What are you going to do? But yeah, it was great getting my haircut because I haven't gotten a haircut in like three and a half months. So, you know, I, I got there and you know, when you, when you go to a barber for so long, you start to like develop a relationship. I think I've gotten to that point with my barber here in Tallahassee because she saw me. She's like, oh, hey, Daniel, come on in. I got in. I sat down. She's like, wow, so you really haven't cut it since last time. I was like, oh, my God. Hey, you remember. I, <laughs> I would have been like, what the hell are you talking about? Have you not watched the news? Like, haven't you seen what's going on in this country? Oh, I haven't cut it since last time. Yeah, no shit, I haven't cut it. Oh, yeah, I'm going to go to a barber now. I mean, to be fair. Yeah. To be you went to a barber. Like, you decided to go on the date with, like, the peak amount of cases in the state. I, yeah, I kind of I <laughs> did. I was ready to risk it all just to get a haircut. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it was great. I'll, I'll tell you, it was great. It was great. Getting a haircut, I mean, I had, like, I had some serious, like, Afro action, Jufro action going on. So, you know, we talked. I talked to Haley at Chopped at Midtown. Asked her how her kid was, you know, what's going on, you know, the whole spiel. But, uh, you know, besides that, masks everywhere in there. Very sanitary. Very little people. You know, I just I just hope that you can get your hair cut, Thomas. That's, I'm praying for it. Listen, I'm hoping for it. There's pretty much nobody on campus. You know, I, I was wondering, am I going to get a reference point? Because there's probably other people who, like, just haven't gotten their hair cut in three months. And, you know, our first day back, we decided, all right, you know, we've cleaned a little bit around the apartment. We've gotten some stuff down. We've gotten some stuff done. You know, why don't we walk around campus? Let, let, let's see how it looks. There was nobody on campus. We probably saw two or three students in pretty much 45 minutes of walking. And it's pretty eerie. It's pretty eerie. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really eerie. And I think even the, the two or three people we saw, I think one of the two people or one of the three people was like just the same person that we've seen twice because they were like walking their dog or something. But it, I, I have never seen a campus where... There has been over a 42,000, you know, student body. And you see just, it's just completely dead. Like, completely dead. It's something out of, like, a scary movie. Like, a horror film. So, I remember we walked, like, we eventually got to, like, Landis Green. And it was just, like, like you've never, also, you've never seen anybody there. It was crazy. And then we're walking around these dorms, and we see, like, these lights on. And, Tom, and you pointed out, you're like, what the hell are these kids, like... How are people in dorms right now? Well, yeah, people are in dorms because they have nowhere else to go. Those are the only people that are left in dorms. And I was telling you, it's pretty much like being in a prison. Like, I I don't know anybody who would willfully want to stay in their dorm for three months. Like, they had no other choice. But going back to Landis Green, because, you know, you were talking about it. I pointed it out many times because the potential for Landis Green to be as green as possible. When you talk about high potential fescue... I'm talking about Landis Green, and we saw it in all its glory. And listen, it might have been like 10:30 at night, but you know there was no browns, there were no brown spots, no patches. It was ready for whatever you want to host on there. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, <clears throat> it was great, it was great. I've never seen Landis Green look so fantastic. I mean, shout out to the groundskeepers, right? Shout out to the groundskeepers, but also, I mean, it's got to be so much easier to like take care of Landis Green when there's not thousands of people walking all over it every day seven days a week so i mean i I guess coming in you're like yeah you know i expect to see fsu's campus look great 
but also like it, it was comparable to to springtime campus because if you guys go to tallahassee excuse me if you go to florida state university you know that when spring's you know semester comes around i mean the weather plus the campus i mean it's i mean you know do i gotta spell that out for you b-i-g-t-i-m-e big time it's big time so i was very impressed and you know what what else what else is, is there more to say? We got back, and what, what did we do? Like, we played FIFA or something, right? Yeah, we played FIFA, and somehow I've had this Xbox 360 for the last, like, eight years because, you know, I never decided to get a PS4, and now it's too late. Like, maybe I'll get a PS5. Maybe. Um, I mean, the most popular game on the Xbox 360 was probably GTA V, and they still haven't made a new one, so I guess I didn't miss out on anything. But, yeah, I think the thing, the skill that we've improved at the most in our three days in Tallahassee, is our FIFA skills. And honestly, Daniel, that just proves that there's literally nothing to do. We need to figure something out. You know, maybe we're going to film a movie, you know. Maybe we're going to train for a marathon. You know, maybe we're going to break a Guinness World Record. I have no idea what we're going to do. Maybe we're going to get addicted to drugs. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, the possibilities are endless. Um, yeah. S- soccer soccer you know we were talking about fifa now we're going to transition just seamlessly just a seamless transition because you know that's what i specialize in correct you know they call me thomas the seamless transition or martinez for a reason that's what they called me in high school they did it made no sense at all mm-hmm. but i'm transitioning now to valencia cf <clears throat> valencia club de football which as you know is a team that i've been supporting since i studied abroad in spain last year they had a pretty big match today daniel they played against a bar a bar team that was in 17th place in la liga Valencia was in 8th place. After having gone to the Champions League the last two years, they're now pretty much on the outside looking in. They have a manager that they hired and that the players aren't really getting behind. And they just look clueless. They look like the team that was fighting for relegation and not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they really did look like a step behind everybody. And playing it, you know, against a team that, what are they ranked, like 16th, 18th? I mean... It was it was really it was really sad to see. Like I'm not a big soccer guy, but I mean I guess I can follow when a you know a match is being played. There was so much pressure on Valencia. Like nearly the entire match, they just looked like dumbfounded. They didn't know what to do. Like the goalkeeper was probably getting like a majority of the touches the entire match, and I mean it it just came down to the other team. Did what was the other team again? A bar, a bar, didn't even score the goal that they won with. <laughs> they that's how bad they are, and that's how bad Valencia played. Yeah, Valencia played so bad that they beat themselves because Jeffrey Condogbia, Valencia's midfielder, he scored an own goal off of a corner kick, I believe, from A bar early in the first half. And after that, yeah, I mean, Valencia didn't really get one shot on target, maybe won the entire match. And you put it perfectly, Jasper Sillison, the Dutch goalkeeper for Valencia. He had more touches than Rodrigo Moreno, who's the striker. You know, the guy who scores, Daniel? Yeah. The guy who's putting it into the back of the net. Well, the guy, you know, who's all the way on the other side of the field, he got more touches than him. It's pretty depressing. Uh, you know, the team is screwed. I mean, I don't want to get too far into it, but let me put it this way. Because the club, it's had financial issues for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much at the point where if they don't make the Champions League next year, they have to get rid of $100 million. That's a lot of money. Yeah, so they have under 10 games or else they're screwed for the future. So, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> there is no pressure for that team at all, Daniel. 
I want to talk about pressure. You know, when you're cooking, you use a pressure cooker sometimes, you know, to cook beans. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a type of way to cook. You know, as, as you know, my mom taught you how to make beans. We have a pressure cooker that costs like $100 that we've never used. We've never used it. Um, but that, that brings me, Daniel, to the main topic of today's podcast. Because, you know, we, we had to come up with a main segment. And today, that main segment is, wait, the stove is still on? All right. Yeah. The, so cooking, right? And uh, it really comes down to recipes, to recipes, right? You know, um, you have to have a great recipe to have a great meal, to enjoy the meal, right? So Thomas and I, uh, we're going to give you guys basically our meals. And I'll start it off. It's something my dad taught me how to make. It's something he's been making for years. Backstory, backflash. I'm in middle school. My dad is picking me up from, you know, I don't know, sixth grade so that we can go camping with a bunch of guys or maybe I'm in elementary school probably. But we go there. There's a campfire. It's in the middle of January and it's my birthday because that's when we go. And my dad's taking these steaks of tuna, right? About yay big. You know, searing them. Two minutes about each side, corners, black pepper all over it. Or if you want and, you know, you don't want all that spice, all that, you know, kick, that pizzazz, you know, that pop, that sizzle, that, you know, that pepper gives you you can put some sesame seeds on it whatever you want but you know live your life viva la vida loca and you basically put butter in the pan sear it two minutes each side slice it up that's it you can take some soy sauce maybe put some like i don't know wasabi in there to give it more kick that's it that's all you need that is your appetizer meal whatever you want but it is a delicacy in the rashberger household i will tell you that and that is my first meal thomas i'm gonna hand it off to you Daniel, before I do, I want to hand it over to Gordon Ramsay. Gordon Ramsay, the life-size cutout that I got Daniel for his birthday, is here in the closet with us, oversighting this conversation. Gordon, what do you have to say? All right. So anyways, I want to get to my first meal of the day. And Daniel, as you know, this is probably my favorite meal. If I, you know, if I committed a crime that was so heinous that, you know, I had the death penalty. And, you know, we've talked about the death penalty in a previous episode. And you know what our opinions are on it. But, you know, if if I was on death row and, you know, I had to pick one meal to have before I died, it would be one pot chicken parmesan. Wow. It would be. And listen, going back to my favorite restaurant in Miami, which was the French Bistro, shout out to them. You know, this was a restaurant that I used to go to at least once every two weeks, maybe once every week. And they would give me this great chicken parmesan because there's nothing better than breaded chicken, Daniel. I mean, it puts together two of the best things which is, you know, gluten and chicken. And, you know, I'm gluten intolerant. And if my, if my favorite food includes gluten, it better be a damn good meal. So I want to talk about how you can make this meal really quickly because it includes several things, Daniel. Several things. Two to three boneless, skinless chicken breasts. One tablespoon of Italian seasoning. Half a tablespoon of garlic powder. You know, you want to include some yellow onion because why wouldn't you? Three cloves of garlic some pasta of course marinara sauce you need you know the flour you need the mozzarella cheese the parmesan cheese daniel i i I put it together for you why why are we not doing this right now i don't know i don't know you want you want to after this we're gonna go out and we're gonna we're gonna make some you know one pot chicken parmesan um i don't know is the stove still on i I don't i don't know if it is i don't know i mean i guess we'll find out right Yeah, yeah yeah um my second recipe uh, it's very basic, very simple. 
uh, a lot of finesse to it. You have to be very excellent. So uh, what you do is you go to Publix, right? You go to Publix, you look at all the meats, you look at all the poultry, and you take two chicken breasts that you like, that you think are, hey, you know what? You get a good feeling about it. You know when you go there and you, you pick out some meat or some chicken, you go, I got a good feeling about this. I'm going to buy this one. You buy that one. You come home. You butterfly the chicken breast, okay? And you pound it out. And you need to turn on your stove to medium to high heat and let it warm up. After that, you're going to put your hand over it just so you know that it's hot. And you're going to say, damn, that's a hot stove. All right? Because stoves are technically hot. And then you're going to just bite the chicken breast raw. That's it. That's that's all there is. Okay? Now, I know some of you thinking, oh, you're going to get salmonella. Oh, you're going to get sick. You're going to get food poisoning. You might die, maybe. Well, you know what? That's a risk I'm willing to take. Dude, have you done this recently? Not yet. I just read it online. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, we were about to call the ambulance. Gordon Ramsay, what do you have to say? All, All right. right. <laughs> Anyways, to my last recipe of the day. And this is for you, Gordon. Gordon, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the cardboard cutout that it in this, you know, very close... This very tight closet, you know, the very small closet. As I said, it's very hot in here. It's at least 120 degrees in here. Daniel, I want to talk about fish and chips. When you talk about the British and their best food, you talk about fish and chips. And by the way, Gordon Ramsay, the British, your food, overrated. Yeah, I'm sorry, dude. The food's not that good there. I mean, it's objectively not that good there. Like, sure, that you know, there might be good chefs. Like, Gordon Ramsay, oh, yeah, he's such a great chef. But, like, when you think of British food, you just think of fish and chips. You think of tea. And, like, you know, the food that comes with tea. Yeah, know. crumpets. I don't know. Maybe have a biscuit. But, yeah. like, I, I have no idea what they eat other than that. Um, I'd have to do more research. Um, but fish and chips. You know, fish and chips, Daniel. You get a place of potatoes and, a, you know, a bowl of cold water. And, you know, you got to get the mixing bowl. You got to mix together the flour, the baking powder, the salt, the pepper. You got to stir it in milk and egg and stir until the mixture is smooth. You got to let it stand for 20 minutes. You know, this... This, these instructions are much more detailed than the chicken parmesan because, you know, it's not as clear to people that live in the United States. You know, I feel like if I ask somebody to cook a chicken parmesan, they'll be like, oh, you know, I'm going to cook it. Like, it's one of the best meals. Like, everybody loves it. Yeah. But if I ask you to cook chi chips and fish, chips and fish, you know, a lot of people, you know, they wouldn't know what to do. But then you got to preheat the oil in a large pot or electric skillet to 350 degrees Fahrenheit, which is good because I'm pretty sure our stove is on right now. And then you gotta fry the potatoes in the hot oil until they are until they are tender. Drain them on paper towels. Dredge the fish in batter, one piece at a time, of course, I know, because if you do it all at once, you're screwed. You might as well throw the fish away. Amen. Then you place them in the hot oil, Daniel. You fry them. Then you fry the potatoes. It's over. Game is done. You're ready to eat those fish and chips, and it's all over. I gotta go. I gotta go. Do something really quickly, Daniel. Hey, go check if the stove is on, dude. I gotta check if the stove is still on, because as you know. Uh, happy birthday, Shane and Sharp. Regina,